Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown, joined special guest co-host Charles Edmond. Of course, he's live from Birmingham, Alabama, site of the 2022 Swag Basketball Tournament. We'll talk a lot about, of course, Swag Basketball and the tournament that's coming up here on the Coles Brown show, a lot to talk about the men's and the women's championship. They are set. And I had to think about coach Van Petaway, who last week on the men's side predicted that Texas Southern would win it all. They would be in the championship. Of course, my just simple, simple prediction. I said, all corn state would win. The tournament championship. Coach Van Petaway said Texas Southern University. They meet today on ESPNU to determine the 2022 SWAC basketball tournament champion. On the men's side, on the women's side, quite simply, I say it was Jackson State's to lose. They're in the finals against Alabama State. So a, a rematch. Alabama State's hoping that this time the outcome will be different. So we'll talk some swag tournament basketball. That'll be heavy, heavy today on the Coles Brown Show. Guest menu looks like this. Charles Edmund, he joins the Coles Brown Show. Coach Van Petaway joins the Coles Brown Show. And a very special guest, Coach Henry Miller, defensive coordinator for Southern University as they get ready for spring practice, which starts March the 16th. Charles, good morning to you, sir. One of the busiest men, a person in college sports. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing fantastic. 
fantastic. I mean, it's it's great team well, especially the public plan for all the hardware uh, for the first uh, for the swag title since uh, twenty what in the last twenty years actually. It's been twenty years since we won a swag title, and that coach gave me and his family a trip from the to watch the extra day. Today, but a lot of emotions. Fans getting old, remembers Whitney and all the shape he won, and the family is here. And Landon busting in year two, trying to trying to win this thing. And you know, who would it? Who would have thunk it? Several months of predictions came out. We were picked to finish near the bottom tier of the league, and here we play, playing for playing for it all. But it's not going to be easy. You know, just a veteran, veteran coach. Coach, two games this year that we won very easily could have lost. Does that matter now? Probably doesn't. But you know, we we have to continue to get better, and we we've had some cracks in these two games in the tournament. We trailed by nine, but I think for this Braves team, like it's been all year long in conference, it starts on the defensive end. You know, against Prairie View, we held them scoreless the first six and a half minutes um, in game one of the tournament. After Score the first bucket in the second half last night. The Braves kind of settled defensively. Then Jamas got hot. Dominic Bruton got hot. And we just had enough offense, you know, to, to, to muster up it done. So it's not going to be easy against a very veteran, you know, TSU team with Henry and Rossas at ETN. ETN hurt us in that second meeting with some deep threes. So uh, it's going to be a knockdown drag out, I think. The two best teams in the conference. To be the ch- tournament champs, you got to beat the previous tournament champs, and that's Texas Southern. So we'll see what happens at five o'clock. And and I guess Coach Pettaway sh- uh, showed us why he knows a lot about basketball, Charles. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go back with Coach Pettaway to, to pick Texas Southern, and uh, he said they would get high. All Corn State. I guess the biggest question was, and as as you alluded to, uh, was it picked to finish near the top? They were able to get it done. They went through adversity, Coach Bussey. Um, they took on his personality. And we often talk about that, uh, a team that takes on the personality of their coach. And with that being said, if they don't win the championship today, Charles, it still has been a successful season. Now, I know all core fans and alum, they probably don't want to hear that because they'll be disappointed if they don't get it done. But it has been a success. This season, right now, coach of the year, outstanding. Now, with that being said, hey, after this year, the bar has been set. In year two, and if they get it done, the championship, then that that bar is set right here. And then you have to year in and year out, you know, that's your expectation. But, hey, hats off to uh, Alcorn State. Uh, they've got it done. Just just my humble opinion. If they fall short today, and not saying that they will, predictions coming later, but has been a very successful season. Now, on the women's side, and, and, and you brought it up, the Jackson State women still have not lost in conference play. They are, in my opinion, who I thought they were. They can get it done in so many ways. And, and, they, and guess what? They've taken everybody's best shot and they were able to to, to to get it done. So that's a testimony to Jackson State women. 
and Coach Reed and the assistant coaches, what they've got, what they've accomplished. Now, they're going to face a familiar foe in Alabama State who it seems like every conference season, they may start off slow sometimes, but then they're going to get it done. Coach Frieda Jackson. So it's going to be an outstanding matchup at 1.30 p.m. between Jackson State women and Alabama State. And I, and I guess I could ask you, Charles, who's the most pressure on? It could be Jackson State oh. because of what they've done. Alabama State, they're playing, if I can use your analogy, house money. But Jackson State, the pressure's on to, to, to get it done. Absolutely, and, and I said it to go. What you've seen, what you're seeing now, is as dominant as Jackson State was in the first two thirds of the season. You're seeing this team get pushed up against the wall a little bit. Case in point: yesterday, Southern University, thirty twenty-eight, Southern University, three minutes left in the third quarter. But then um, Jackson State got back to who they are, dumping it inside. They have pretty good athletic posts, of course, with Amisha Williams, who had a monster game, 20 points and 13 rebounds. And I just think Jackson State, the last 13 minutes of the game, last three minutes of the third, fourth quarter, just imposed their will, especially in the post. Southern could not handle JSU in the post, 48-28 on the boards. And Southern just kind of wilted in you know the last 13 <coughs> minutes. So Jackson State, they just they have all the pieces and they they reflect their coach as well. She doesn't panic, but she knows when to when to press the buttons to, to get on their team. She doesn't call many timeouts. But Jackson State's been tested. But I do think Bama State has a team that can match up with them in the post. They have two or three players in the post that can match up with the post of Jackson State. So now, you know, if if you're facing Jackson State, what are you willing to take away? You know, you could double Amisha Williams in the post. You can double their post, but then you got Rogan and those other players that can just knock down perimeter shots. Or do you try to take away the perimeter and just go one on one with Amisha Williams? You know, pick pick your poison. What are you willing? To, what are you willing to give up? And I think for Bama State, I think they'll probably take their chances and try to, you know, crowd the paint and and make Jackson State make shots. I think probably what will happen in that in that first game. It was a high-scoring championship game last year. I get to be this year. You know, if I'm I'm the coach, I I'm not, as you stated, I'm not going to let Ms. Williams out in the post uh, control everything. She is an outstanding player. I'm going to take my chances, forcing them to hit perimeter shots. And if you go back to yesterday's ball game. Southern leading at the half. They lost 59-46. to um, Jackson State kind of went to a zone, and Southern University offensively, what, a three-, four-minute drought? And they were not able to get it done. So Jackson State can, you know, they can play a tempo. They can play in the half-court set defensively. They dialed up the pressure. They are a solid ball club. And they can defeat you in more than one way. And, and that's what I think is more – it's so difficult to to defeat this Jackson State women's basketball program. But if we kind of look at some of the other scores, Charles, if we can do that, uh, first day, Grambling State uh, defeated Alabama and m 62-54. to You had Jackson State in, in, in a closer than most would have thought. 
Uh, basketball game against Arkansas Pine Bluff, 78-67. But Pine Bluff in the regular season uh, played Jackson State tough. Then you had Alabama State over Prairie View, 60-58. And then Southern University over Texas Southern, 68-67. Uh, to 67. And then yesterday, Alabama State defeats Grandma State, 74-59. to 50-point uh, victory, and of course, and these are the semifinal games, Jackson State over Southern University, 59-46. Thus, uh, Jackson State and Alabama State at 1.30 p.m. Uh, for the SWAC Women's Tournament uh, Championship. Now, on the men's side, Charles, uh, Jackson State and Texas Southern, Texas Southern, a 54-50 victory over Jackson State. And thus, Coach Wayne Brent, no longer at Jackson State, gets the official release was he, he resigned and um he's had a long career at, at jackson state also on the high school level as assistant coach at ole miss and then kind of reading a story from clarin ledger uh afterwards after it's all said and done he said he made he meaning coach brent made you know take off a little bit take off some time but he, he suggested that hey he wanted to get back into uh, coaching then uh, Mo Williams at Alabama State, of course, is no longer at Alabama State. Jackson State what, has a press conference, uh, what, Monday, this upcoming week, to announce that Mo Williams will be the head basketball coach at Jackson State. A lot going on, Charles. Switching up <laughs> at Alabama State. And, and I will say this, uh, Mo Williams, a Jackson, Mississippi native, Jackson State decided to go with someone that's in the conference. But do you think, and this is from the outside looking in, this was all, it seemed to be planned already. Should Ashley Robinson and the powers that be, should you have opened it up a little bit more and and, and kind of talked to some other candidates? I, I, I'm just asking, you know, because if I now I ask, I'm going to be accused of being a hater because everyone knows how I feel toward the robbery of Jackson State. But if you're the AD, Charles, put your AD hat on. You talk to more than uh, – you talk to a lot of people and you keep the position up. And the reason I say it that way because it – it this was – Mo Williams will be named Jackson State's men's basketball coach so quick. So it makes me think this was already in the works behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I think um, if if I was the athletic director, I would probably have done it the same way that Ashley Robinson is doing. Who's to say that he hasn't talked to other behind the scenes? Um, he may already have this guy, but then you have to do your you know the question you raised. You know, did you repeat? Did you look outside the box? He probably did. I'm, I'm just willing, just knowing Ashley Robinson like I do. He probably did, and we'll probably find out if he did. Um, I don't have a problem with the hire. I think it's a splashy hire because you bring in Mo Williams home, Mo Williams, former NBA player. Um, yes, at Alabama, and this was talked about at the tournament. You know, what did Mo Williams do at Alabama State? Didn't do very well record wise. But this is one mediocre. of those hires in which, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, me, me, mediocre. It, 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 that, that's just a term I use. Medi- mediocre, yeah, it, fair. Uh, if you want to give a letter yeah. grade, probably a, a C minus. Continue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he, 
if you just look at the record, and a lot of people do, it wasn't all that great. But I think bringing Mo Williams home, if we localize it, will excite the fan base. Now, Wayne Brent was a very successful high school coach with very deep connections on the high school level in central Mississippi and the Jackson area. There are three guys, I think, that have those connections. Luther Riley, who was a former coach at Alcorn, a very successful high school coach in Jackson. Um, Wayne Brent, and I think Mo Williams. Those are the three guys that, that you think about. I don't have a problem with the hire because I, I, I understand what Ashley Robinson's trying to do, trying to excite the fan base by getting a local product, bringing them back home. The question is, uh, those connections that he has on the high school level, will he be able to get to central Mississippi and especially the Jackson area in there? I also think, you know, you talk about a celebrity hire. You know, Mo Williams played with whom? A guy named LeBron James. LeBron James was actually in Jackson for Mo Williams' camp several years ago. I wouldn't be surprised in the summer when Mo Williams basketball camp, you're going to see LeBron James coming to Jackson. That's going to that's gonna excite the city of Jackson, Jackson State, and everything he touches. So I, I get that part of it. Now, does he have to win? Absolutely he has to win. And is there pressure on him to win? Yeah, there is, because when you bring a guy home, the expectation, just like Dooley, the expectation is that you got to circle the wagons quickly and, and turn it around quickly. Um, Jackson State's not a bad gig at all. And I, when they're winning, their fans are there. You know, there's the passion is there. And so I, I think for bringing Mo Williams home, bringing him to Jackson, I think will definitely be a, a flash in the pan. But at some point, he's going to have to win some games. But I think right now the aesthetics of it, I don't have a problem with it. I kind of knew it was going to happen. I didn't know, but you kind of figured that was coming. Um, so I'm not surprised at all. If I was Ashley Robinson, put my AD hat on, I would have done the same thing. And we'll see. I mean, this is one of those hires in which you look terrific if you get it right, just like Coach Sanders. You look terrific if you get it wrong, you're going to be criticized pretty harshly because Jackson State traditionally has been pretty good in basketball. So I, I, I get it, and uh, I think you have to give Ashley Robinson the benefit of the doubt. He's seen to hire some pretty good coaches. He's taken – he's rolled the dice. He's, he's come up big, and this is one, you know, he hopes to have the same result. Well, common denominator in all of this, you got to win. No matter if it's a splash hire, celebrity hire, I could care less. But what I do care about – Wins, winning programs, putting players in a position to be successful, to get their degree. I'm always harp on that. And if that happens, it will be known as a great hire, a very good hire. Now, how will we know that? Time will tell. But I had to bring that up. Coach Brent, he says, he wants to coach again, and I think he will get the opportunity to do it somewhere. I don't know if it'll yeah. be inside the conference. I, I don't know if it'll be back in on high school ranks, but I, I believe he will want to get back on the collegiate level, and hopefully, he'll have that that opportunity. So, I just want to say this, Carlos. I was talking with I was talking with somebody last yeah. night who's very familiar with the high school ranks in high school coaching circles in Jackson. And this is a pretty good point. There have been a number of coaches that lead the public school system 
in coaching and go to the private school system in coaching. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Wayne Brent has his retirement in the state of Mississippi. He has his years in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to work another day for the state if he doesn't want to. But what a lot of coaches do is go to the private school ranks, and that's that's another way to stay in coaching because he said he's not done coaching. So I would be surprised if two things happen. He stays in state and maybe works at a private school in central Mississippi in the Jackson area. There's a bunch of them. Or he's surprised if he goes out of state and at the mm-hmm. high school level there. I don't know if he's going to coach collegially again. Just my own opinion. I have, I don't, I have no knowledge of it. But just, he might. But I, I think he's going to go. I think he's going to, you know, high school's pretty comfortable. It's pretty gushy if you get the right gig. Private schools, you get the right gig. It's it's pretty financially beneficial. So I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in central Mississippi. A lot of academies, uh, high school academies, always looking for good coaches. Wayne Brent has proven he's a good high school coach. He still has those connections. Uh, you know, somebody mentioned that to me, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in coaching, maybe back at the high school level, maybe in the private sector. And, you know, he's proven he can do that. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he's back on the collegiate level, but if I were to bet, I would say no. I think that's a grind for him. Young guy, you know, I think he'll probably stay where he's comfortable with more so on the high school level. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at a private school somewhere in Jackson or maybe in another state. Well, he'll make the decision, but I will say this. He's a he's proven himself on the high school level. I think he wants another crack on the collegiate level because I'm sure he feels like he can do better. He can get it better. Why not, Coach Brent? Get back on the collegiate level and let's see if you can um, get a do better. I'm sure if you're a competitor, former athlete, former coach, you want to do so. Uh, let me do this, Charles, and then we'll get ready for our first time out. Coach Henry Miller scheduled to join as defense coordinator at Southern University. First and foremost, I want to say good morning to everyone. Um, Theo, Sherman, G. Boom, Varick, Greg, Johnny, Micah Cavalier. <laughs> oh, I got to read this one, Micah Cavalier. Good morning, Carlos and Charles. I'm a Jaguar, but today I'm rooting for all Corns men and J-State's women because both won the regular season and deserve to represent the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Wait a minute. Regular season champs? <laughs> you remember that debate? I will say this, Charles. You know I'm in the minority. I'm like, okay, they deserve it. They've stood the test of time. They're the regular season champs. Let them represent the conference. Guess what? I had to put bodyguards out at, 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 at my residence. People were like, <laughs> you're anti-tournament. You're anti-tournament. <laughs> Why you don't want the tournament champion to represent the – it's it's a debatable situation, but the regular season champs, I get you, Michael, Cavalier, uh, Chuck Hunt, checking in for Monroe. Charles, it's always, always interesting when you discuss regular season and the tournament champion, but guess what? Tournament champion is going to represent the conference – so there you go. Regular season gets an automatic bid to the NIT. And for your pleasure, Charles, I looked at the net conference ranking. And I, I just looked at the last three. You you want to guess who? what conferences are the last three in the net conference rankings? And we talk about goals and, and getting better. 
We've talked about it. The Southwest Athletic Conference and Dr. McClellan wants to see improvement on the conference rankings. You want to take a guess or you want me to just just say it? Enlighten me on that one because I've a little bit in a fog on that. Okay, Nick, conference rankings just ranks the conferences where they stand. Number 30 and 32 is last. Number 30 is a conference that you heard about, the Southland Conference. Uh, 18 and 82, non-conference record. That's their basketball games out of conference records. Winning percentage, 0.1800. Where's my mathematicians? You can figure that one out. The SWAC is number 31. 12 and 96, non-conference rankings, schedule. Wins, losses, 0.1111, all these numbers. Where's my mathematicians? And then the MEAC comes in last at 32. And remember we talked about, and Dr. McClellan also as well, um, that's the goal to, to try to reach the benchmark that maybe one day you can get in that large bid. You, can get, you, you just won't be a one-bid league. Well, that yes. that's where we're at right now. But then the regular season champs, hey, they're fighting on both one of them in time to be the tournament champions. So that's it's, I kind of just looked at that the, the net rankings uh, for the conference. So uh, the Southwest Athletic Conference, the MIAC, and the Southland and Northeast Conference, they have some work to do. Well, you know, Coach Bussy and I were talking about this yesterday. You know, because we're already kind of, you know, if we do win, we're obviously going to get back and watch the show and get, you know, accommodations ready. And I'm, I'm already prepared to go to Dayton. I've already started making my own plans and, and just trying mm-hmm. to get stuff in place. And Coach Busty said, well, why do you think we're going to Dayton? And, you know, he, he and I think he said it in a joking way. I think he knows if we win, that's where we're going. Um, I, I think, again, this conversation, we had it three months ago, Carlos, and, you know, back in November, December, when we talked about these struggles out of conference, I'm saying that, you know, we talked about this, like come March, it's going to be a lot of shock people. And I'm like, why? You know, you got to follow this stuff from the beginning. And, you know, we in order to get an at large, we have to get better and win some of these games out of conference. I'm not talking about playing Arizona and Duke and North Carolina and Auburn. I'm not in Kentucky. I'm not talking about that. There are enough quality top 50 programs mid-major, solid, that you can play and have to beat to help elevate the whole conference, not just Alcorn, not just Texas Southern, 1 through 12, all the way up and down the line. And until that happens collectively as a league, until we put our heads together, all ADs, all men's basketball coaches, and put it out there and say, look, we got to come together as one to make this schedule solid across the board throughout the conference, we're going to continue to be a one-bid league. I would love to see it at large bid. I would love to see it in baseball and in softball and in basketball. I would love to see that, but it's not happening. And the reason is because there's too many mandates in terms of bringing in money for guarantees to help fund your program. And so when you do that, when you got to bring in $750,000, you got to play top 15, top 20 teams, most of your schedule away from home. You know, those are the, it's, it's all about money. I mean, so that's that's the bottom line. If you want to make less 
and play a tougher schedule or a stronger schedule throughout the conference, you can do that. But I think, you know, that hasn't happened and it probably won't happen. So, you know, somebody brought up a point. I think Jackson State basketball brought in like $800 in guarantees this past season. A reporter was talking to me about that last night. So, you know, they're playing. And Jackson State plays a pretty good schedule, by the way. They don't play the Dukes and the Kentuckys. They just play solid teams. I think that their schedule is pretty good to where if everyone kind of mirrored that schedule that they play, you know, we could probably look at it at large. But it's not going to happen. I just think the mindsets are a little scattered right now. We're not on the same page. And remember, folks, it's the SWAC conference that gets the bid. The SWAC conference. So whatever team represents the SWAC, it's the SWAC. So we got we to gotta look at this from a bigger perspective. And I know fans don't want to hear it. And we've talked about this for three months. I'm not surprised. Um, so we just, until we can have a different mindset about it, collectively from you know, our coaches, ADs, uh, VPs of finance, it's going to continue to be this way. And fans are going to be ticked off about it because I'm hearing it already. Like, man, I'm tired of going to Dayton. Well, we got to win some games in November and December. Can't talk about it in March. It's done. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a dead horse conversation. I don't mind having it because I think we need to educate people more in terms of how it really works. I think people are now coming on board and understanding a little bit. We got to continue to educate, continue to inform, and I think people will see it, you know, eventually. But right now, it's just not there. I'll end it with this. I had Coach Roman Banks on, mm, I guess maybe a month ago. And I know where I stand at as far as playing those money games. He he recognized that. And I point blank asked him, where's Southern at this? He said, we're not at that point right now where we don't have to play these money games. And I think you can go all the way down the list of the ADs in the conference. And – Although I disagree with it, I'm not saying that you shouldn't play money games, but I would limit them. And, and I've gotten emails about it. Well, our athletic programs would be in disaster. But you know what? It's it's bad to be at a point where you've got to just rely on that to be in existence. That's not a good feeling. I'd rather I can control what's going on. Me, my university, but as long as it is the way it is as far as those money games, that's where we're going to be at. So play in, and there was a blueprint put forth how you can avoid that, and it's been done a couple times in the past that they haven't, but it's reality right now. And if they want to change it, they can change it. You just got to work at it. And you can't just do it in two or three months. I understand that. But if you really want to, you really want to, you can achieve it. On that note, I'm going to take a timeout. When I come back, I'll visit with the defensive coordinator from Southern University, Coach Henry Miller. He's back at Southern University. We'll ask him about that, and we'll ask him about the spring session coming up goals the reality of where they're at as a uh, football program right now 
You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. Have you had your Earth Blend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time, so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1.
return to Clinton Parish, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. go welcome back to this week's edition of the coles brown show right here on the black college sports network yours truly coles brown charles edmund of the all court state radio network and uh, our special guest coach henry miller defensive coordinator at southern university coach miller good morning to you sir hey. good morning good morning glad to be here thank you for having me well coach it's we're glad to have you here we were able to make some adjustments, and we finally got you on the show. And first and foremost, welcome back to the to the bluff. How does it feel to be back at, at, at Southern University? Well, I'm sure a lot of a lot of memories. Yeah, it, it brings back. I come back to a lot of memories, but I also come back to a lot of things that have been changed. That is different, you know. Um, speaking of the facilities, talking about the building. Um, you know, stuff that's there now and uh, wasn't there when I was there the first time. You know, so I'm glad to see that they moved in the right direction from that aspect. Well, facilities, and of course, you coached under legendary Coach Pete Richardson. Now, of course, along with the staff, Coach Eric Dooley, uh, back on the bluff. And now you, you, you're kind of getting ready for the spring session, which starts March the 16th. As a defensive coordinator, yes, kind sir. of walk us through uh, what you're being, you're getting prepared for it with this spring session, goals, and objectives that you want to accomplish. Okay. Um, um, first of all, um, I want to just talk about Coach Richardson. You know, um, Coach Richardson, you know, he did a lot for us. You know, I'm talking about us as the coach under him. He did a lot for my career. A lot of things that I use, I got from him. So, you know, right, I just want everybody to know that um, we definitely want to stay attached to his tree. Um, yes. Uh, talk man. about um, what I want out of this. The first thing, trying to do relationship. Um, I think they have a lot of talent on the team. Um, it's to find out where that talent is. So now we got to be able to combine the talent that's on the team with the new team coming in. Unfortunate um, for us, we have the majority of our Newcomer players are on campus now. Um, but right now, we're just trying to get to know each other. You know, spring coming along, you know, we want to know who work hard, who willing to go the distance. Um, you know, just simple things, you know. 
line up, play football. That's all we want to see right now. Go to class, work, come back out, go to football. So it's, you know, it's ain't a lot going on, but there's a lot of learning going on. And speaking, and speaking of learning, I know you, you know, when, when the new staff got there, you made assessment of the roster uh, in, in place. First and foremost, schematically wise, what are you running? A four two five? Yes, sir. I'm running the four two five. That four down linemen, two linebackers, and five defensive backs. Um, I think that our league, uh, who like you spread you out, I think you can benefit more with that extra defender in the game that can go man. I'm in opposed to having another run guy in there. So yeah, pass happy offense in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and, and coach, as far as you guys made the assessment, and we kind of saw from the transfer portal, also from the JUCO ranks, you were able to, from a defensive standpoint, um, linebackers, you added to your roster. We see that you added uh, defensive backs galore to the roster. And, and as of now, you've kind of added some D, you know, D-line players. Um, are you guys still searching for 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 defensive linemen or are basically you're just set and you're ready to go for the spring session? Well, um, um, right now we set for the spring session, but we also still in need of a couple of D tackles. But uh, how we decided to build a defense as far as um, the defensive staff um, goes is we want to work inside out. Um, you know, they did have a great player in Lewis, so we wanted to try to compliment him with another guy to come off the other side of the, um, the field. Um, we also have good defensive tackles, but I think that we need a couple of more with size. And I think once we get a couple of defensive tackles in there with size, then we'll be okay. When you talk about the linebackers, um, it just was a couple of more linebackers we thought we needed, and we needed some experience. So that's why we went to the JUCO route and the transfer route there. Um, the guys that we have can play, you know, um, and we're looking forward to them competing. And the most important when you talk about the secondary, um, we thought that that was the most important part we had to focus on. And that's why you see a lot of signees there. But all those guys are transferred. All those guys didn't play. Um, they're junior college. So we're just opening up the competition. You know, right now we're competing against ourselves. You know, um, we're not competing against no one else. But we have to learn how to compete against ourselves before we're able to compete against someone else. Coach Miller, you mentioned competition. How important is that to have competition throughout the ranks in the football program, the football team? You have to have it. You know, um, that's the only way you can get better. I think you have to create that competition. And most important, the players have to buy in, you know, to the competition. You know, they have to buy into, you know, uh, my belief. Uh, my belief is strength is in numbers. You know, so... You know, you want to be able to play a lot of guys because a lot of guys you can play and a lot of guys that know how to play well, I think you have a great um, you know, defense because you keep your best player fresh. That's interesting, Charles. Uh, Coach Miller talks about keeping them fresh and, and not only quality, but quantity. And, and it seems like more so with quantity, you play more people, you keep people fresh. And in this league, 
uh, coach, you, you you see the explosive offenses, the quarterbacks. How how important is it to have a a, a spring where you accomplish the goals, and then after the spring session, how important is it to then develop the, the team defensively going into a uh, fall camp? Um, it's very important, especially this spring. Um, right now they're getting to know, you know, learn the scheme. You know, they're doing a new scheme. Um, they're doing a lot of different things that they didn't do last year. So important that um, we keep it simple for them. You know, um, my terminology, kiss, um, keep it stupid, simple. Um, and, and, and it's like that, you know, I don't want those kids to be able to think. I want them to be able to react. So it's, 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 it's a matter of me trying to teach them the scheme and then keep it simple, you know. And then once they understand how to line up, you know, and then they understand the scheme of things. Now into the summer, we continue to add on. We continue to get them better at, the, at what we do. So I think that the learning part, the learning curve is going well. Um, like I said, we have a lot of talent on that team. Um, more than I thought we had, but there's a lot of talent out there. We just need to be coached up, and we have to get on the same page with it. Visit with Coach Henry Miller, defense coordinator at Southern University. Charles, jump right in. I'm sure you have a question. Now, now Coach Miller, he's all Corn State guy, so, uh, you know, just kind of watch him. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Charles. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I appreciate it. You know, coaches, no, from the defensive it. side of the ball, I mean, with with these uh, no-huddle offenses, you know, you brought up a good point fresh. about keeping guys fresh, running guys in, on and off the field because, you know, the whole substitution thing. Talk, talk a little bit about that in terms of the way teams are going now with the zone lead, the no-huddle. Is, is it about just having more guys or are you looking at just yeah. the quality of – maybe less guys, and just knowing if you've got quality, you can make up for the numbers. Yeah. Um, at first, you just wanted to get by, but now um, the scheme is that we can get eight guys that can play because we know that the offense is going to tempo us. Okay, So we got to be able to rotate those guys in and out without falling very far off as far as competing. And I think that, you know, um, the last place I was at, we did a great job of um, um, developing eight defensive linemen, and, and all eight defensive linemen can play. That's what you want. you know. So now when they get tired, it's a matter of them being honest with themselves, tapping themselves out. We get somebody back in there so they can continue the job until they get fresh enough to get back in. The offenses in our league, they use that tempo to the profession because they don't have to tune in substitute. And, and the rule is you only to when the offense substitute. So if you try to run your players on and off before they substitute, then that's how you get caught with 12 men on the field, you know, and stuff like that. And we don't want to get, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot like that either. So we got to be cautious of when the offense substituting and then our guys got to be in, in enough shape to last until we're able to get them out of there. Visiting with Coach Henry Miller, defensive coordinator at Southern University, second go around. Now, wait a minute, Coach. Earlier, I asked you about things that change as far as facilities and, and, and on the campus. What about Baton Rouge, <laughs> the city itself? Have you gotten a chance to kind of look around, or it's just been 
I've been doing a lot of work wow. at Southern University. And it changes in Baton Rouge. It's crowdier. <laughs> Wait a minute, yeah. Coach. You were it's you crowded. were in the Houston Green area. Yeah, it wasn't as crowded it was when I was here the first. Yeah, but well, man, I, I just don't remember. Put out here in Baton Rouge on the traffic. I just don't remember that. <laughs> oh, don't, don't get me started. Don't, about, don't, you know, don't get us started on the traffic. Yeah, I mean, I just don't remember that. That's uh, it might have been there. I just don't know. <laughs> no, I, I just understand. Uh, Coach, talk about your, your, your defensive good staff. To come home. Um, Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. And uh, my thinking when I came back here, you know, um, um, sometimes, you know, to change the culture, you have to bring culture back. You know, and that was I was thinking. That was me and Coach Dooley thinking. So, you know, when, you know, we started looking for a defensive line coach and, and, and me and Coach um, DeMarcus Miller always stayed in, you know, communication. He was in the Houston area coaching high school football where he was the defensive coordinator um, at Kipner High School for many years. So me and him, you know, stayed in touch. So when the opportunity came, I mean, it, it just, for me, it was a minute, you know, to bring a guy like DeMarcus Miller, a.k.a. Boo Boo, back, you know, as the defensive tackle coach. And then, um, we have a defensive end coach who's um, from the Baton Rouge area. Um, his name is Alan Clark. He trained guys. Not only did he train high school guys, he trained college guys. He trained NFL guys. Um, my GA at the other school. And when I tell you this, a young man with a lot of passion for the game, I just couldn't see myself not hiring him because I know that he has so much to bring to the game. And you just want to give a young man like that opportunity, you know, you know to show the world what he can do. Um, when you talk about the secondary, um, well, everybody know who he is. He's another legendary guy in, in a different area. You know, he played in the 90s, um, in the early 90s. Um, Boo Boo had played in the late 90s early 2000, but, you know, they both was um, superstars during that time. And you talk about Sean Wallace. Um, Sean Wallace, a guy, you know, me and him have a mutual friend in Aeneas Williams. Um, Aeneas Williams gave a call, and he was just a no-brainer there as well. You know, come out like Aeneas, you know, me and Coach, Holly or Sean. Um, I didn't. I know of him, but I didn't never let me and him sit down and talk about the job. And he's just a guy that you really want to have on the program. He's to him, it's exciting. It's the best job in the world for him to be able to come back and coach at Southern University. And last but not least, when you're talking about the linebacker coach, you're talking about a guy that's been at Southern University for, I think, 14, 15 years, something like that. Another guy that was a defensive coordinator here at Southern back in our first thing together, and it, it, it was reversed. He was my defensive coordinator, and, and that's Terrence Graves. Um, bring a lot to the table, experienced guy, you know, been around this league, 
that won championships in this league. So when you talk about the staff that we assemble, we think that we got the right guys. Because, like I said earlier, you know, they wanted the culture back that studied university. So if you're going to bring the culture back and you want to change the culture, then you got to bring those guys that know about the culture back because they know what it means to win. They know what it, you know, they already know what it feels like when you don't win as well. Visit with Coach Henry Miller, defensive coordinator at Southern University. And, Coach, when we're trying to set up this interview, and sometimes some of the the best conversations are are when you're just talking. Um, Your relationship, you mentioned about uh, Fred McNair, and and you guys go way back. Talk, Talk about those relationships that you guys established with with other coaches within within the conference. You able to hear me, Coach? I don't think we may have uh I think we may have lost Coach Coach Miller. We'll see getting back, Charles. I, I was basically just asking him about you know, the relationships he had mentioned to me, uh, knowing Fred McNair and um, Coach McNair and going back, and I was going to ask him about the relationship other coaches have because, you know, they, they, they're they – oh, there we go. They were coaching yes. – they're coaching against me? each other, but they also have – yes, sir, we hear you, Coach Miller. I was asking you about your, your relationship with other coaches in the conference, like with Coach McNair. Uh, you know him personally. Yes. Uh, you guys compete against yeah. each other, but you also know each other from a personal standpoint. Talk about those relationships. Yeah, um, I, I mean, uh, me and Coach McNair played together in, 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 in arena ball in Albany, New York. And and uh, those practices were very intense practice. And he was the quarterback. I was one of the um, defensive specialists. And I used to always want to, you know, try to trick him to throw the ball in certain places. You know, and he used to always look at me like he's gonna throw it there and throw it different. So in a, in, a, in a different place and then start. So you know, me and me and Fred always like to be in that position where we challenge each other. He know that I'm gonna try to you know put him in a position where I can be successful, but at the same time, he know me. You know, I know that I gotta watch out for him. You know, he'll make me think that he don't see what I'm doing, but at the bottom line, he know what I'm doing. So you gotta watch out for that. You know, you gotta be careful when guys that know you. And you coach against them because now you got to be um, certain that your tendency doesn't stand out as much when you play guys that really know you. Charles, you have a question or two? Yeah. Um, so when when you look at the SWAC coming in this year with the offenses that you're going to be looking at, of course, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of retooling throughout the league. You know, Alcorn's going to have a new quarterback. Obviously, Shadour Sanders. Uh, at Prairie View, you know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of change in there. So, what, what do you what do you expect from your from your team defensively, and how do you look at these teams in the conference, you know, offensively, especially with uh, with the ever changing world of the quarterbacks? Explosive, explosive. Um, I think each week is going to bring on a new challenge. Um, I think you know the offensive the, the offensive coaches in this league. Um, they throw the ball everywhere, you know. Um, they open you up. They run the ball as well. 
Um, they also make you defend every guy in this league. You know, most conference, they don't throw it to the running back. But in our conference, they throw it to the running back and they throw it to the running back a lot. In other conference, the quarterback doesn't run the ball. In our conference, the quarterback runs the ball and runs the ball well. So when you're defending our offense and our conference, you got to defend all 11. You know, you got to defend every yard and every inch because our offense that we face, they attack every yard. They attack every inch and they attack every area with whatever guy that you don't have covered. So I think that we got to be smart enough and understand that no matter who we playing, they're going to have enough in their team to beat you. So we just got to make sure that we come right with our defensive um, scheme, make sure we're doing the right things, make sure that we account for everybody on the field and then play hard, play fast, and play physical. Charles, where have we heard that before? Fast, physical. (laughs) Yeah, there is a lot of pressure on on defensive coordinators and the defensive staff uh, coming into this conference. But, Coach, with that being said, how do you actually break down, say, the offense of your, your, your next opponent? Say, like you, after game one. Saturday night, it's over with. Walk us through it. Sunday, will you guys meet um, as a Saturday staff or is okay. it month? Go ahead, go ahead. Well, well Saturday, uh, Saturday, you know, after the game, Sunday, man, um, you know, you on the game that you just finished, you break it down, you grade it, um, you get it set up for the players to watch, and then you're on to the next game Sunday. Um, Monday morning, you're working on the game plan. Okay, and um, and, and and in that game plan, you're watching. Um, if it's two games that they played and they have filming, then we watch every game that they played with film. And if they didn't, then we'll go back a game, only one game last year, just to watch and see if everything holds up. Um, Tuesday, we had it. We got this. We got the games game plan in. You know, we got everything in. <coughs> We're meeting with the players. Um, you know, we're putting it, you know, we're giving it to them. We're giving it to them in practice. They're working it hard in practice. Wednesday's another work day. Thursday's a mental day. Um, we don't do a whole lot of practice. We do what they call a walkthrough. Where Thursday, all we want to do is make sure mentally that they understand what we're trying to do that coming Saturday in the game. Okay. Friday, what we call Fast Friday, is where we line up, go through a whole tempo of a game. And Coach Eyes, Saturday we're ready to play. Wow. That's interesting. And when you look at how you just laid it out, tell us about Coach Dooley. Now, Coach Dooley is his own offensive coordinator. And, hey, Coach, come on, Coach. I know you guys compete against each other. But how is it working for for, for, for Coach Dooley, I, I call him the, 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 the silent assassin because his demeanor on the sideline, he, he doesn't really talk that much, but he's deadly from an offensive don't, standpoint. And don't let that quietness fool you. You know, don't <laughs> let because he's quiet. He definitely, he definitely is a silent assassin. He definitely is. But the thing I like about it is – has to go against a well-minded offensive coach. And he's going to give me all kinds of formations that I, I'm going to see 
in this league. You're going to give me different formation, different schemes, and that's where you get better at. You know, when you go against guys that you know that are going to give you different things offensively, then that's where you develop that better. Um, I mean, offensively, then that's where you develop defensively. You know, um, I guess he feels the same way about me. He knows I'm attack defense, so I'm going to attack in every area that I feel. You know, so when we out there competing like this spring, it's actually, like I said, we got to learn how to compete against ourselves. So it's actually me and him competing against each other. Our defense competing against our offense and, you know, in a family way. But because that's the way we know we got to get better. You know, so I look forward to, you know, going against Coach Dooling and all these offensive formation he give you, all these schemes that he throw out at you. And he just prepared me for, you know, what goes on in this conference. Well, my last question then, Charles, uh, well, I'll defer to Charles, uh, find a question, and then I'll, I'll follow it up. Charles, you have the floor, sir. Yeah. Well, well what, you know, coming in, obviously a new new staff, new situation, what, what, what excites you about your defense? You know, as you look at your players, as you try to put all the game plan in and, and the installs, what excites you about this group? What What should Southern fans be excited about? on the defensive side of the ball. Because the last time I'm sure Jaguar fans saw Southern's defense was that final drive in the Bayou Classic in which Grambling marched down the field and won the game. So that's kind of the last, that's kind of an impression a lot of Jaguar fans have from last year, but a new staff, new situation. So what, what excites you as you share this with the Jaguar nation? What, what excites you and what should Southern fans be excited about on the defensive side? And, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the Bayou Classic. Because when you talk to the kids, they remember that game as well. They're, more importantly, they remember two games. And they remember how they lost both of those games. And it didn't sit well with them. You know, so when you, you know, when you sit down and you talk to them, you start talking to the, the defense about that, you can see that they was hurt. You know, so now I think they're anxious to prove to people that they're a good football team, that they're a good defense, that they're not the players that they seen last year. You know, they're excited because they got a new coach. They got new schemes. Everybody feel fresh. And I think that when you have this excitement, you got to keep riding with it. You got to keep letting that belief. You got to keep making them believe that, you know, what we feel is real. You know, and, and that's where we're at right now. But they um, they understand that we got to get better That as a team, as a group, and as a defense. They understand that, you know, pain comes from, especially at Southern, you know, people don't let it go. So the only way you can, <laughs> they don't let it go. So the only way you can rectify, you got to come out here this, this, this season and, and, and put a different type of talent out there. And you guys got to play a different way. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking to go out there and we're looking to play smart football. You know, we're looking to play fast. And more importantly, we're looking to play physical because that's the dog they did. That's the only thing I know. That's the only thing Coach Richardson taught me. And that's the only thing that I put in my back pocket and took with me. Coach Miller, have you had a chance to um, talk with uh, Coach Richardson on, on, on a personal note? I haven't seen since Coach Richardson back? in person yet. Not since I've been back, but I talked to him on the phone. And, you know, um, but we are getting together soon, you know, to talk with him personally. And, you know, because, you know, he, he wants that. And, and, and I think that it's exciting for him 
to see, you know, young coaches that he coached, you know, mature the way they mature and and be in the situation that they're in. I'm quite sure he's feeling kind of good too, you know, but I'm looking forward to talking yeah. to Coach Richardson. I will always be talking to Coach Richardson, especially from a defense standpoint and, and see, you know, what I'm doing wrong and what I'm doing right. And if he see anything and you want to tell me about it, hey, you can feel free to tell me anytime and I'll listen. Well, on that note, I'll end this conversation. But Charles, Coach Miller, have you heard about, and, and this is kind of like my human interest question, have you heard about the blue store where they yes, sir. serve some of the best <laughs> chicken wings? Have, have you had a chance to partake of that yet? Hey, man, my first week there, I had the blue store every day. <laughs> at the Myself off from the blue stove for a while. <laughs> I'm now up for another well, weeks. <laughs> here's what I want to do when we first when we get an opportunity. Charles, you're Baton Rouge. Me, you, Coach Miller. We're gonna partake of a, and I can't say it too loud. Uh, of, of the blue store chicken wings, Charles. I'm sure, and maybe we'll throw okay, some crawfish for you, Charles. Sure, yeah, <laughs> Charles. You know you love. <laughs> Tell you what, let well, me know what's on this so I can get in there exercising. Yeah, I tell you, well, man. I, I, I went to that blue store. I, I went to that blue store the first time we came back. They took us to the blue store, and I've been at the blue store that whole week. <laughs> you know, I had to stop myself from going to the blue store. I, had to stop I wonder myself. if you can put it. It's crazy. I understand, Coach. I wonder if you could put away more chicken wings than Charles and crawfish because I, I, I've seen Charles destroy some crawfish. So oh if you could put them, like, yeah. put them down like Charles does, I, I think I'm about to break some That might be a can. good competition right there, man, because I can eat some Busto <laughs> wings, man. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Coach, yes, I appreciate the time. And um, – Hey, spring practice is about to start March 16th. Much success to uh, you. Welcome back to Baton Rouge and working with Coach Dew and all of the uh, defensive staff, the offensive staff. And I hope the spring practice is real productive as you guys then get ready for the 2022 football season. But, Coach, have a great weekend. We'll talk uh, again yes, real sir. soon. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. That was Coach Henry Miller. We're going to take a quick time out. Boy, the, 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 Charles, I'll have to bring up the speed on the on the, on the the blue store and, and, and the yeah, chicken wings. Now, they tell me they got a store, they got a place, an establishment in New Orleans that is just as good. Maybe I'll have to sample from the New Orleans location and, 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 and see who's the best. But on that note, we're going to take a timeout. We're going to get back. We're going to jump back into the swag basketball. We're going to add Coach Van Petaway next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network.
it's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Joined now by the coach, Coach Van Petaway, who's coming to you live from Birmingham, Alabama. Coach Petaway, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Carlos. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine, and Charles Edmund joins us as well. And I, and I thought about you and last week and your prediction. You said Texas Southern. In the finals, and if I'm not mistaken, you said they were going to win it all. Am I correct on that? Well, I said they would probably be meeting all corn in it, but uh, I, I, if they, <clears throat> if Texas Southern is playing the way they played, it's going to be one great matchup to begin with. But I think with their depth, they they might be able to squeeze it out. Now, I do realize that all corn has beaten them twice this season. Uh, the scores were close. Um, I had them written down, and 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 oh, here we go: seventy-three, seventy-two in in uh, Lawman, and then seventy-five, seventy-two out in Texas. So those were close ball games. I did get a chance to see one of them live. So I don't, I'm not sure, but I still think Texas Southern, with the way they're playing right now, that that they'll squeak it out. You know now. 
That's interesting because then that means if Alcorn wins today, that's three straight, right? Three times they faced yep. him, three times they won, correct? Charles? Right, but th- yeah, I, yeah, Alcorn, Alcorn I, has to go for the triple clown today. Well, I would normally say, Coach Petaway and Charles, that it's tough to beat a team three times. But guess what? It happened in this tournament, Southern and Grambling State. And by the way, I had my question uh, down, and, uh, and, and Charles know where I'm going with this, but I'm going to ask Coach Petaway, but don't let me get sidetracked here. <laughs> it can happen because we saw Grambling defeat Southern three times at Grambling was the largest victory. But then at Southern, it was a last-second shot, and then, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they, they defeated Southern again by a close margin. But, Coach, how important is that? Although you lost, you lost basically some close games, or you throw all of that out. Well, it, it, it's very important, and, and it's just tough to beat a team three times because you most of the time that, that – the, the third game and the second game, they're going to be so they'll be close in proximity in terms of the dates. Uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago that Alcorn was out in in Texas, uh, beat Texas Southern. So, I mean, within the last two weeks, so that's still fresh in those kids' minds. And I just think that um, you, if you go the other way psychologically, your kids can be out of it because they're saying, "Well, we're not going to be able to beat these guys," but because to me, the games have been so close and have come down to the last uh, couple of minutes of the game. I think in Texas Southern's mind, those kids are saying that if we clean up a few mistakes, we got a shot. And then in a tournament, it's all about rhythm. It's about who who could get into their rhythm first. So the start of the, today's ball game is going to be very important to the outcome. I think the team that can that can get into their rhythm and that can impose their will first, I think that's the one that's going to come out on top. But I I just think that right now Texas Southern is playing a different brand of basketball. Uh, Mm -hmm. In in the game the other night, you take Henry. He had 18 and 7. They they got balanced scoring. And I I do understand that Alcorn has scoring too. But see, Thomas is doing most of the work right now. How much effort did he put did he put into that game last night? Will he have anything left in the tank for today, tonight? Montgomery played a good game last night. He had 14 points. But now the beast was Bruton. Bruton had 15 and 11. So Alcorn has a good team. I just I just think that this is the, the that team, Alcorn's first time in the championship with the group that they got right now. And Texas Southern's got some veterans who have been here before. That's why I'm picking TSU to eke out a win. It's not going to be a big win, a, a, a large margin. It's going to be a close game. And, and Charles, and, and I'm looking at in the tournament so far and the information about, of course, what Coach Pettaway just talked about against Texas Southern. Alcorn State defeats Prairie View and them in overtime, 64 to 63. And then they defeated Alabama and them 69 to 64. Why do I feel like if it's a close ball game, 
on court state it, it's so much more they're very effective let me put it that way in, in, in close ball games and also guys this team is taking on the personality of coach bussy they're mentally tough and all corn state if it's close they win those games charles based on what coach petaway said and what you said earlier in the show i think we're looking at a, a close ball game and i think it is just going to be a bond burner it is going to be a, 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 a terrific matchup well i think to coach petaway's point you got two things going texas southern is tournament tested and the yep. Braves are battle tested. Yep. That's and so where does where does the gray area come in? Texas Southern's been here before in this tournament, grind them out games. They won it last year. But the Braves have had so many close games, including two with Texas Southern, you know, the the, the Prairie View game and obviously Alabama AM. The one thing that the Braves have been able to overcome, and I think Coach Petaway brought it up, the Braves have gotten off to shaky starts <coughs> in these two games of the tournament. They've trailed by eight, preview, and they trailed by nine twice against Alabama AM. So at what point does that come up, come back to get you? Uh, but I think what the Braves do is defensively in the second half, they make yes. adjustments. Yeah. And that's the difference. That's that's the, the one thing that the Braves have done all year long. Against Preview twice, they held them scoreless in the first six, seven minutes of the second half, including the game on Wednesday. Against Alabama A&M last night, they scored the first bucket of the second half, but then the Braves slowed them down enough. Yep. Shut them down. It's about defense, and it's about adjustments. And the Braves have been through so many close games throughout the course of of this conference play. You know, 40-foot buzzer beaters, Dominique Bruton hitting a (coughs) 35-footer in the game in overtime. This team plays with a lot of poise when the game is close. And we just find ways. And it starts on the defensive end, Carlos. I mean, we execute offensively, yep. but we get stops. When we need, yep. we need yep. good check stops, we get them. And Coach Petaway knows this. What we call loose balls or 50-50 balls. Yep. The game against Brady tonight, there were four or five 50-50 balls that we got. If we don't get one yep. of them, we lose the game. So, I mean, yep. but that's – but that's a reflection of Landon Bussey and playing hard and continue to grow. I mean, this is a grimy, grindy team that we that that we have here. And the Braves have won several games just because of the grind. The Texas Southern game at our place, the game in Houston, um, the two games in the tournament. But, you know, Texas Southern is a very battle-tested team in the tournament. You know, we're playing with house money. No one expected us to be here. Texas Southern's the one that has to show that that they can get over this hump because they've lost to the Braves twice during the regular season. So I, I think this could be one of the better SWAC tournament championship games that you'll see because if there's a team that knows Texas Southern well, it's Landon Bussey. When he was the lead assistant at Prairie View, they, they kind of had TSU on skates. And so if there's a coach that knows how to beat TSU, it's Landon Bussey. Yeah. Hey, Charles, I, I think you, you're correct. The defense travels. Yeah, defense does travel. No, you are, I, I you think, are correct. Yeah, and, I think and Coach so that, that's, frozen up there. And and so that that's that's the reason why the Braves are here. 
You know, often and, and Landon Bussy even admitted that we haven't shot the ball well here in this tournament. You know, we shot 35% in the first half yesterday. We shot 30% against Prairie View. We had a great second half execution-wise last night. But we haven't shot the ball well. You know, we missed 12 free throws against Prairie View. We were very fortunate to win that game. We, we kind of stumbled with a few misses down the stretch last night. So, but defensively, if you play hard and get more possessions, you get more opportunities. And that's where the Braves are right now, especially in the second half, because there's been so many games in which we've locked teams down, we found our offensive rhythm. But we have not started out in this tournament fast. And that's what Landon Bussey wants. Start fast and be dominant. Be assertive and be dominant from wire to wire. Other than the Pine Bluff game, the last regular season game of the year, you know, we we scored 100 points. We won by 27, I think it was. Other than that, Excuse me. It, we haven't had that. And I think that's what Landon Bussey is looking for. And, man, if he gets it tonight in the most important and the biggest stage of the season, I mean, that'll mean mission accomplished and all the grit and grind and all the fussing that he's done all year long. And the tears. You saw the interview. He was in tears the other night after beating his former team. You know, all of that is well worth it. But it's not going to be easy because, you know, Texas Southern's coming for us because they felt like they could have beat us easily in those two games. And they let the regular season championship get away. So they Texas Southern's got a lot of incentive. We just got to match that energy coming up at 530. And, you know, I said earlier, and I'm going to repeat it again, if, and say if, if All-Course State falls short, they've had a very successful season. Regardless, anyway, and, and I know that might sound cliche-ish, but but they were not expected to do this well. And then in year two, if they do win the ball game, regular season champion, and then tournament champion, that's a tremendous feat. Now, I guess if you would ask Coach Bussey, I'm sure he figures, hey, I, that was my goal to win a championship, and he's won it. If they're successful today, he wins it in year two. And then also, I'm going to go back to the point that you made, defense, and defense will keep you in ball games. And it, and it, you've seen that with Alcorn State. My question today is, if they get off to another slow start, will they be able to rely on their defense? Will this come back to bite them? Starting slow against the Texas Southern team that's that's hot right now, Charles. Um, I, I think if they start off slow and if their defense is solid, I'm gonna say they will stay in the ball game because it has been proven that it it has not been proven that it hasn't happened yet. There's only been one game that I think that we did not just get it done defensively, and that was the Grambling game at home. We lost by seven at home. We didn't play very well. We didn't defend very well. Gramlin beat us by seven at our place. Since that game, we have really done a nice job defensively to keep us in games. Now, we've missed free throws. We've had turnovers. But our defense has been solid all year long. And so I I think if we do that again and if we hold Texas Southern in check again, and I was very surprised that Texas Southern beat Gramlin, my alma mater, the way they did in the second half. I mean, I – we had there was there's a lot of low scoring games in the tournament and Texas Southern comes out and scores almost 80 against Grambling. I mean Grambling just kind of fell off the map in the second half. Texas Southern pretty much dominated. That can't happen today if the Braves expect to win this game today. 
we got to keep the game maybe in the 60s, maybe low 70s. But if it gets mid-70s or, 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 or higher, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, because right, there are players right now, Carlos, that haven't stepped up offensively as of yet. You know, it was Dominique Bruton that was dominant last uh, last night. Justin Thomas, you know, he was dominant. But we haven't seen Linnell Henry, the Prairie View transfers, won three championships with two different teams. We haven't seen Linnell Henry step up. We haven't seen Otis Walker step up. Keandre Montgomery had 14 in the first half but didn't play at all in the second half. So we're, we're still waiting on two or three guys to step up and have their best games of the year. You know, Agnew, the senior, our senior center, had a great first half and got key rebounds. So there's some guys that we're looking for still in this tournament to, to put the ball in the bucket. But if you can defend, and Landon Bussey talks about this, you know, and I know fans might not like it, but he doesn't, and he has said this on record, he doesn't really care a whole lot about offense. You know, but 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 you, but you look at this Braves team, they scoring points. But when you get stops, yep. when you yep. get stops, Charles, you let other Charles, don't you, away. Don't you think they're doing it all? Uh, they're scoring a lot of those points off their defense. Off their defense. Yes. Yes, right, right. absolutely. They, yeah. See, see, I think and so, and that's so, why the game is going – that's why, to me, the game – it's going to be close. Texas Southern is not going to be able to pull away from them because of the, the defense efforts that they put in. Because when, when they came out in the second half, they annihilated Alabama A&M. They did not allow them to get into any of their sets. They couldn't do anything. Uh, they, put a, they put a damper on Hicks. Hicks got rolling. They shut him down. So, so during, during, uh, during the course of the game, they will go on a defensive run that's, that's unseen. Carlos, if you remember when I first saw Allcorn in Huntsville, I think I think it's signal in the state in the arena. You that coach, Charles? I, I I think he was going to a great point. Oh, there, there he's back again, Coach Pettaway. Am I? Oh, I'm sorry. So I, yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Well. Now, I was saying that back back in Jet when uh, Alcorn came to Huntsville and I saw him live, I told you then that I thought it was going to be a special team because of what they did on the defensive end. They they played defense the way it's supposed to be played. That's the way when Prairie won those championships and he was there, that's the way they played defense. And, and that lets you know that that, that, was, that was Coach Bussey. That, that was his mark mm-hmm. on that team. Because he's brought the same thing to Alcorn. Prayer View didn't play that way this year on defense. Or last year, to hey. be honest. Excellent point. So we 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 give the kudos to Coach Bussy. Went at Prairie View, and now at Alcorn State, he's brought those same defensive principles to Alcorn State. With with that being said, now let's move over. We've identified all corner course in Texas Southern in the championship. We know it's going to be a tremendous uh, ball game. Now, I did ask Charles while you were away, um, and Charles answered by saying because all court state defensive is so good, even if they get off to another start, he's comfortable that all court's defense is going to keep them in the ball game. As far as Texas Southern, they want to coach. They want to get off to a good start. And my question yep. to, to you, if Alcorn State gets off to their typical 
slow start offensively is that can Alcorn be able to to as Charles says with their defense still be able to stay in the, in the ball game their defense is going to always keep them in the game the, the, the defense is going to keep the game close enough to where they can still recover they're not going to get blown out they're not going to get too so far behind that they can't make a run because of what they're doing Okay, well, I think I got the gist of that. Charles, he's in agreement. Defensively, because the way Alcorn plays, they're going to always be in a ball game, even if they get behind early. Let's say they're down 13-4 to or 17-6. to Just putting it out there. Defensively, they're so good, they're going to be able to stay in uh, the ball game. And and if you just look at just the regular season – the games that we lost were by one possession with the exception of one game. That was the Grambling game. We lost by seven. So that, that tells you right there that this defense can keep you in it if you just do the little things on offense and rebound the basketball. Um, when we play Texas Southern in Houston, you know, and I think this is one key point, Carlos, to, to, to keep in mind. Texas Southern, I think, missed 11 free throws at home. Mm-hmm. That was the difference in the game. We had a 13-point lead, and they cut it to one possession, but they missed critical free throws. In the first half, they missed, I think, six free throws in the first half at home. Texas Southern is shooting in conference games 66% from the free throw line. That's near the Mm. bottom of the – I think it's second from the bottom in the conference. If that happens today, and I'm sure they're going to get to the free throw line, but if they they shoot like that, they're going to lose the game. I mean, it's just that simple. Now, for our – for us, we missed 14 against Prairie View and still found a way. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for Texas Southern, they're aggressive and they play hard and they're going to get to the cup. They're going to get to the free throw line. The question is, can the Braves play solid defense without fouling and keeping our guys like Linnell Henry and Darius Agnew and Dominic Bruton will come off the bench and you know keep guys out of foul trouble? I think that's going to be the key. Um, I think even after a shaky start, I think we can recover if we can get some stops. And I think we've shown all year that we can get stops. The question is, can we stay in contact? I mean, I think if, if you look at conference season, I looked at it the other day, I think the most that we've been down was Grambling. I think we were down 13 against Grambling at home. I think that's the biggest deficit we've had in conference games all year. That That says a lot about how the Braves just kind of stay with it and hang in there. That's not that's not a big deficit, but 13 points is the biggest you've been down in conference. Um, I think that says a lot. And for TSU, who has the height, the athleticism, the experience, you know, for the Braves to go toe-to-toe with that group, considering, you know, we haven't been in this position before, I think it says a lot. And I think Landon Bussey's the key because he knows how to beat Texas Southern as the lead assistant. Now, keep this in mind. Landon Bussey was the lead assistant at Prairie View. And I can share this story with you. The first time last year when Prairie View came to Alcorn, uh, the day of the game, the shoot-around, Landon, I was setting up for the game. And Landon Bussey was sitting in Prairie View shoot-around. Coach Smith didn't. And Coach Smith was not happy with the way the shoot-around was going. He was talking about his system. You guys got to understand the system. Nobody cares about the system. And he pointed at Landon Bussey. This system was built by that guy. And he pointed at Landon Bussey. 
the system that Prairieview has now, Landon Bussey built that system. So he knows, you know, he knows how to get this thing done, and that team knows how to beat Texas Southern. Prairieview knew how to beat TSU when, uh, when he was there. And so I, I think it's just the matchups. I think it's just playing hard and continuing to grind. I think that's going to be one of the keys to this game because teams are going to have lows, teams are going to have runs, but the Braves have to continue to play hard, get 50-50 balls, get loose balls, get to the free throw line, and can't let up. If they do that, they'll stay in the game, and then you have to like their chances because so far they've won the vast majority of those one-possession games, including mm, a couple close. in tournament. Yeah, if it's close, you got to give the edge, in my humble opinion, to all corn State. We're going to take a timeout. We'll see if we'll be able to uh, have Coach Petaway join us. If not, we're going to take a look at the other championship game. That's Jackson State and Alabama State, a rematch. And then also, I, I want to, if we're able to talk back with Coach Petaway, I want to ask him about the valuation period. You know, we talked b- before the show about Southern University and Boy, a lot of the alums and the fans are very – I'm, I'm going to use the word disappointed. I'm not going to say angry, disappointed. And they should be. You lose to your arch rival three times, I get it, in, in, in the season. That's unacceptable. I understand. Albeit Charles, close ball games, they lost. But I think after each season, that's what you do. You evaluate both the women's and the men's program. Where are they at? Where they're at as far as the goals that we, we, we set and we look at. And I think that's a fair assessment. So if we're able to join back with Coach Petaway, I definitely want to hear what he has to say about that. And then, of course, you that are watching, send me a a message in uh, in the message box. Is it time to evaluate? the women's and men's basketball program, and would you start thinking about changes? Now, I'm just putting it out there. Or do you stick with what you have and basically reevaluate and come up with some more benchmarks? Just throwing it out there. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, 
make things simple, and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. You see head and shoulders? edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm joined by Charles Edmund of the All Court State Radio Network. Charles, 2022 SWAC Tournament Basketball Championship on the women's side, Jackson State and Alabama State, a repeat of last year's tournament finals. I'm just going to say right off the bat, Alabama State has a shot, but at the end of it all, let's see if I'm wrong. Let's see if I'm right. Jackson State, they take another championship, and they go undefeated not only in the regular season, but in the SWAT tournament. They've taken the best shots, and I'm sure they're going to get a, another shot from Alabama State. But I think Alabama State, they've got the inside post present. They play tremendous defense. The defense on the perimeter, I saw them last, yesterday evening, just do a well of a job, and they are a solid, solid team. Jackson State wins it. At 130, the game with Alabama State, Jack State will win this ball game, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I think it's going to be a barn burner. You know, I think um, Alabama's, State's probably a little ticked off that they have to keep going through Jackson State, and everyone's talking about Jackson State. Uh, I think Alabama State's going to try to get physical. I think it's going to be a track meet. Um, And I think Alabama State has the quality and quantity in the post to be able to maybe neutralize just a little bit Amisha Williams' holiday. I mean, there are times, and I've seen this, with Jackson State, there are times in which, and I know they rely on her so much that she does not, she's not quite as engaged and as energized. I think she's just worn down at times during the game. And uh, Coach Reed has to take her out. And so Jackson State's not quite as effective, especially in the low post. Um, that's why their perimeter game is so good and their mid range game is so good. But Bama State's going to have to find a way to neutralize 
uh, Amisha Williams just enough. And Alabama State, they've, they've got some players that can hit from beyond the arc. I mean, when we went to Montgomery, I mean, they had like nine threes. If they do that, if they're able to, to make their, their threes, put a little pressure on Jackson State in the perimeter to score, then I think they can collapse on, on Williams a little bit and even the post. So they'll be, they'll be willing to give that up and make Jackson State make shots. Um, but Jackson State's proven to win any way you want it. I mean, it was a high-scoring game against Texas Southern, a game that, that, that they ultimately won. But, again, this, this team is battle-tested. They've been challenged. And I said that was going to happen, and I think for Coach Reed's probably the best thing could have happened to him because it was a cakewalk the first half of the seat conference play. But they've been tested. All corn has tested them. Pine Bluff has tested them. You know, it's been a test in the tournament. Southern led by seven yesterday with three minutes left in the third quarter. So they've been tested. They've been pushed, but they've responded, and that just shows you a battle-tested team. But I think Bama State playing 90 miles from home, the swarm will be there. I think it's going to be a heck of an atmosphere, and I think it's going to be a heck of a game. And so, with all that being said, no prediction. I said Jack State's going to win it. You, your prediction go is going to be a hell of a game. My, 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 my prediction is, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a game. But I think at the end of the day, I think Jackson State just they're just they're just too good. I mean they they've got a lot of players you have to defend. You can't just rely on just stopping Amisha Williams. They've got Rogan, those other those Luckett. I mean. They they can come at you from a lot of different directions, and when you got them down, you gotta you gotta you gotta keep it going. Southern had them on skates yesterday, seven point lead, three minutes left in the third quarter. Coach Reed calling the timeout. You can just see the blank looks on those players' faces. They were down seven, but then it just all fell apart after that. Bama State's a team that's gonna keep the pressure on, but I do think Jackson State is just too too battle tested. I just, I, it's hard to go against Jackson State right now. I mean, even though they've been tested, I think they'll, they'll find a way to get it done. I think they'll win 76 73, 76 74. It's going to come down to one possession game. Wow. Well rounded. That's the term when I think of Jackson State women's basketball team. Well coached. Could play half court, could play up tempo. Goes back to well rounded. They can win in different ways. Then defensively, they get after people. Alabama State, good in those areas as well. But Jackson State, a little bit too much. And then if you just go on the miscellaneous coaching, both coaches, well-established, I give the edge to Coach Reed. Jackson State, I don't know if it'll be close, but – History says it will be, but I'll just stick with Jackson State winning it all. Now, with Southern, as I say before the last time out, from an evaluation standpoint, I think it's time to do that. Now, Southern women went one and one and defeated Texas Southern by one. And they lost by 13 to Jackson State. On the men's side, Disappointing as well, maybe more so. 60 to 58. Southern University uh, drops the decision to Grandma State University. That's three straight. Throw, throw that out. I know that's a, a factor for, for many. But now you have a new president that's coming on. You still have the same director of athletics. 
And what I'm saying is this. I think after every season you have exit meetings, you look at and you evaluate, in some cases reevaluate, the program. I think that's normal. And I think that's where Southern's at now. Now, I'm not saying you get rid of coaches. I'm not saying that, Charles. I'm just simply saying you have to evaluate the program where you're at. What were the benchmarks that you established? If they're fighting for a championship, if one of the benchmarks was this basketball program for winter men, they're in the top four, top three, top five, whatever. Are they there? It seems to be that they're close on the men's side, offensively. What is their identity? I still can't tell you what it is. Offensive for the women's basketball program, the same thing. So at what point, at what point are you at now? And then what would be your evaluation process? And Willard says, incoming Southern University President Chancellor Dennis Shields may want to evaluate, and he puts in capital letters the entire athletic program. And someone I know very well sent me a text with the commissioner cups, the championships. And at one point, Southern was just winning the commissioner's cup every year. I've had some people to come at me, contact me and said, the athletic department is mediocre right now as far as when you had the standard here, when you were winning commissioner cups to where they are now. Once again, Charles, you're the director of athletics. I know how you think. At least I think I do. You're going to say, no, hold on. We, 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 we don't want to get rid of coaches. And, again, I'm not saying that. But I think you you definitely have to evaluate the uh, both women's and men's basketball program where they're at now and to see where you go from this point on. Well, I think for um... – for Southern, I think if it's two teams that, that were grave disappointments on the men's side, it was Southern and Grambling. Uh, both teams were near the top of the league at one point towards the midway point of the season. You know, Southern lost some leads late. And, and I thought Southern would make a deeper run because their last game against AM, they won with one second left. And I thought that would carry some momentum into the tournament, but it didn't happen. Um, if, if I'm Southern administration, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a hold tight another year, but I would make it clear that that this can't continue. Um, now, however way that trickles down, as far as what the head coaches are going to do, um, who knows? But clearly, you know, from the women's side, you, you got to compare to what Jackson State's done. You know, Southern's got to get some bigs. Got to get another Misha. Southern has to get an Amisha Williams, someone who's long, lanky, athletic that can just get to the front of the rim. Um, I, I think Southern's got to improve in the post. I do I do think Southern has the shooters, you know, on the backcourt to kind of match up a little bit with most teams. But the difference is in the low post. If you don't have a post game and Jackson State's the standard with that, you have no chance. So I think that uh, I think that's on the women's side. That's what you got to look at. And for the men, I mean, to me, it's kind of a head scratcher. Just someone who follows, you know, these teams, how Southern could just fall off the map like they did. Uh, I don't know if it's been some injuries. I don't know if players hit the wall. 
I don't know if it's coaching. It, it, it's kind of a head scratcher to me, you know, because, you know, Woods can coach. We know that. I don't know if the talent has fallen off or the injuries or just attitudes. You know, Landon Bussey talks about it. So many factors that are involved with this thing. When you're winning, it's so many factors. When you're losing, it's so many factors. I wouldn't make any changes if I'm the administration right now, but I would make it clear that this cannot continue another year. You know, because we know the politics of this, Carlos. When you have, bring in a new president, you know, it trickles down the line. And then, you know, from AD on down to coaches, you haven't won a championship recently. Uh, you know, things can change rather quickly. So that's where I would, I would, I would stand. I think Sean Woods deserves the opportunity to fix it. I think Coach Funches has, should be given the opportunity to fix it. But, you know, the leash is pretty short, especially with the new administration coming in. Well, it'll be interesting to see because I, I believe you should play for a championship at least once in a four-year period. You know, I'm not a famous guy to say, hey, second place, that's great all the time. If you continue to get second place, that's fine. I like to sprinkle in some championships there. And so I, I really believe, yeah, they got to evaluate the, the, the program and see where they're at. And then set some benchmarks, and then you're clear. You're clear going forward. Going forward, you have to set those benchmarks, and you've got to, to do well. You really do. And, and, and you also have to just look at where where the conference is now. I mean, you know, you, you look at Alcorn. We lost – we're going to lose three seniors, Linnell Henry – Justin Thomas, Linnell Henry, Prairie transfer, Justin Thomas, and Darren, three high-impact players, okay? You look at Texas Southern, they, they're going to lose a couple of seniors, all right? So now you look at Jackson State with a new coach. You know, Grambling is going to retool. So I think that, I think with the exception of maybe one, maybe TSU, the conference is kind of up for grabs, I think. You know, Alcorn did terrific based on where they were picked to finish. But we're, 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 we're losing three quality pieces, and we're going to have to retool a little bit. Everybody's got to retool. There's going to be some new some, some some new blood in the conference. So what you don't want to do is blow it all up and have to take a step back. But but right now, I think the conference is in flux on the men's side. And then on the women's side, it's, it's very clear. It's Jackson State, Alabama State, and pretty much everybody else. I mean, I thought maybe Teglin would, would, you know, get to that next layer. Don't know if they're there yet. You know, Coach Cooper was very disappointed in some of the execution down the stretch in their loss. They missed three layups. They missed some free throws. And, it, and even Cynthia Cooper said it after the game, we just got to be able to get some posts that can rebound. If, if TSU gets a couple more rebounds, it might have been a different story. So on the women's side, is Jackson State. I think Bama State's still going to be good, and then who, who's going to take that? Who's going to take that number three reign? I think that's that's going to be an important thing. So Southern has been there, but then they faded. They're there, then they're not. For the men, they've been there most of the time, but then they faded. So I think right now the worst thing you can do is blow it up because if you blow it up, I said it. You know, most of the time you take steps back. Sometimes not. Jackson State football is a classic example how you didn't take a step back. Year two, in terms of football, Jackson State football won the whole thing. Lost the Celebration Bowl, but I didn't expect that this year. So there are some rare exceptions. 
But most of the time, you do take a step back when you blow it up. Is it time to blow it up? I don't think so. But there are some people who feel like a change needs to be made, especially with a new administration. We'll see what happens. But my, me personally, I think you you give it one more bite at the apple. You, you give them one more year to fix it, to improve, and to be at a championship level. See, it's good you can sit back on a show like this and put on your AD hat. And, <laughs> um, I, I think they both come back. I think you set the parameters. You set the benchmarks clear. This is, as administration, this is where we should be. If it's A, B, C, and D, these are our benchmarks, whatever those are. And you're crystal clear about where you stand now. This is where we, we need to be. And if we don't, then we have to make changes. And again, I'm not saying you have to make changes this year, but it's got to be crystal clear where you're at now and where you're going. And I guess it's disappointing because you're close. And then speaking of the women, looking at their roster, they've got some height. They signed some couple of six, four young ladies. They're just young, inexperienced. So the pieces is there. On the men's side, the last couple of years, every year they turn over and bring in a lot of transfers. You need to sprinkle some of the high school players to get in. And so next year you're going to be losing some seniors. You got to do it all over again. And if you continue to do that, at one point do you have to say, I've got to have some success. Success meaning a championship. Hell, I'll even settle for getting to the final, the, the, the tournament championship. Throw in a regular season championship. They were close. They faded at the end. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to be able to show some success. Charles? And, and you add to the point that you got two, you got two right on the men's side. Valley's looking for a head coach. Is Lindsey Hunter resigned in the last 36 hours? So Valley's looking for a head coach. I interviewed Dr. Jason Cable the other day. He's going to be tempered and he's going to take his time uh, with the evaluation and recruiting calendar within the next few weeks. The Alabama State will have a will have another coach. Um, he should. So you take know, you your add, time, you Dr. Add, Cable. Yeah, you 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 add to that. Um, I do think, and I've said this on the record. You know, George Ivory was named interim head coach at Valley. I think George Ivory should get the gig, to be honest with you. I know some people would think he's beyond his time. I think if 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 George Ivory takes that Valley program where he took Pine Bluff, I think Valley folks would love it. Um, and, and a lot of people what, what might not know fresh? George Ivory. Huh? What about outside the box? What about uh, well, a fresh? Yeah, the, a yeah. fresh yeah. A fresh hire, or is it a perfect fit, or is it about being the perfect fit? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's. I think for Valley situation, you know, I think that they they understand, and their athletic director is going to be retiring, so that administration is going to be turned over. You know, they're going to be looking for an AD as well. So I think that goes along with probably it's going to be probably somebody young and fresh. But when you look at where the conference is right now. The all corners of the world, the Texas Southerns of the world, the Southerns of the world—I mean that—that that were really good um, at times. 
do you take steps back, just like what we talked about, when George Ivory, I mean, I don't know if he wants the gig or not, but if it were me, I would give him a, I would give him a shot at it because I think that he can build that program to something better than what Valley is right now. Um, he took a Pine Bluff program that was down, and you saw what he did with Nick Knight and those other players that, that they had over the years. Pine Bluff was a consistent contender for the regular season, and they did win championships. Um, so I, I think if you look at that, and I think George Ivory wants to be there, I think you know he's a guy that understands the Valley dynamics. He understands recruiting, the JUCO recruiting ranks in the state of Mississippi. I think that's what you need. You know, now is he is he a kind of old hat? Yeah, he is. And so if you're willing to start over, sure. And unless you get a, a, a spicy hire that can come in and hit the boots, hit the ground running, put his boots on and, and run with it, then fine. But I don't know if that's out there right now. I, I think George Ivory is set up for that job. I think he would do really well, better than where Valley is now. A lot of people might disagree with me, but I think George Ivory should get that job. And I wouldn't even be surprised, Carlos, and here's here's another thing, and this is not going to happen, I don't think, but why not make George Ivory like um, like Bethune-Cookman's coach, Reggie Theus, basketball coach slash AD? I think Valley would – I think George Ivory would be well served, and I think he would do well for the program. He'll do well for athletics. I think he would save a few dollars in doing it. Now, would it, is it efficient? Eh. But I think for for Valley situation, I think that would be a safe a safe deal, and I think he would improve the basketball program, that product, and I think Valley folks would really like George Ivory. I think he's a good dude. He's a good coach. He's proven that. Why not? Why not? Because basketball's improving. But boom, FAMU. I mean, they they fell off, but you know, FAMU was one of the hottest teams in the conference. So you got to look at where you are. You don't want to take any more steps back because you might not get back there. I've said that. It's tough. It's tough to get back there when you fall back because other teams are going a little faster than you are. So I think George Ivory can can get on his bicycle and get players in there and make Valley better than what they are right now. Well, I'll end the show on this. Greg, and he put this straight to me. Carlos? Wasn't this the goal to win championships when hired? Yes. Time to move on. <laughs> From both the men and women's basketball coaches, then keep an eye on the AD. And I'll say this, Bussy in year two, he's on the cuffs of winning a championship. It can be done. It wasn't a splash hire, but it was the what right fit. And he did it quickly. So on that note, the evaluation will come. Southern men's and women's basketball programs. You got to do it. want to thank Charles Edmund, Coach Henry Miller, Coach Van Petaway. Also, Miss M producing today's show. As always, the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure you tune in, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all of the social media platforms. And by the way, A.D. Drew, a member of the Black College Sports Network, he lost his sister. And our thoughts and prayers go to A.D., 
and his entire family and him as well. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until that time, peace and God bless.